future, Talk Radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. I've got a great show for you today. We have on the extraordinary Sylvie Rokob, who's a producer and director of acclaimed film Love Thy Nature. And then later in the show, we have serial entrepreneur Senyan Kelly. So stay tuned for that. Right now, please give a warm welcome to Sylvie Rokob. Hi. Hey, Catherine. I finally got you on my show. Great being here. I, I know you're for always sure. gallivanting around the world and <laughs> doing exciting things, and I'm so happy to have you on today. I'm glad to be here, yeah. especially we've known each other for so long. I know. And now you have a talk show, and this I, is really exciting. Isn't this cool? So <laughs> it's only natural, right? Yeah. So give people a little background about us. Uh, yeah. We actually met back in Miami. That's right. Yeah. And who knew we'd both end up in L.A.? I had yeah. no idea back yeah. then. So, uh, yeah, we uh, both being filmmakers had a film at a festival and some mutual friend introduced us. Right. And we were there cheering each other's films on. Exactly. And here we are, I think, 15 years later in L.A. That's still right. cheering each other on. We're still cheering each other yeah. on. Like, I don't know how many years ago that was that, probably like 15 or 17 years ago, I think it was, ago, right? yeah. And it's well, like I remember we went out to a party and we were talking about each other's films. And it's like, yeah. you know, all of a sudden I realized... When I'm moving out here, you had already moved. I'm like, oh yeah. my goodness. It was yeah. like such a great surprise. Yeah, we didn't even know each other was moving here. It right. was a weird thing. I know. And uh, I know at the time, we both had a film in the Fort Lauderdale Film Festival. Right. And unfortunately, we both also had just lost a parent. Right. And I think that was kind of bonding. Yeah. I had lost my mom and you had lost your dad. Right. And, uh, so yeah. we were kind of there for each other. Right. Even as new friends. Yeah, exactly. And that was tough. I know. It's tough losing a parent, it isn't really it? really is. Oh I my miss God. my dad terribly till this day. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody said to me, what was the worst day of your life? I'd say definitely when I lost my mom. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like surreal. Right. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because you just kind of feel like they'll always be there. Even though yeah. now you do feel like they're with you. Do you feel like you're, he's with I you? I do. I do. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not the, the same because you don't get the cards and exactly. the hugs. Exactly. You the, can't get the hug. You can't yeah. call and say happy birthday, dad. And yeah. It's like, you know, those kinds of things. We yeah. Okay, we now we're going to change granted, the subject because uh, I'm getting sad. Oh, yeah, I know. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. part of life, right? Yeah, it Birth, is part of life. But death. you still have your mom. You're I so lucky. I have my mom, and she's 82, and she's yeah. very healthy. And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, and she's moving to Miami. That's so exciting. God willing, knock yeah. on wood, we're working on that, yeah. immigration papers and all of that. So. Yeah, so your journey was, you were born in Rio. Right. Uh, which I absolutely love. I actually been to Rio. I went with a friend of mine to a film festival there. It's a beautiful there. city, isn't it? It's a beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and the people are beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love them. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Yes, it we was, are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually went to uh, the festival in... Um, uh, oh gosh, I just drew a blank on the name. Was it Carnival? Yeah, no, no. I went to um, 
the biggest city there, which is? Uh, well, the biggest city would be Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, okay. yes. So the festival, uh, the film festival was in Sao Paulo. Right. And I said, if I'm all the way here, I'm going to see Rio, because that was on my bucket list. Oh, yeah. That was a dream. And it's pretty close when you think of it, coming yeah. from Los Angeles, especially, or oh, Miami. very close. All the way to Brazil. Yeah. I mean, it's just an hour flight between right. Rio and Sao Paulo. So yeah, you so have I to was like, you know, and I'd seen Copacabana yeah. in the films, and I'm like, I'm so there. So I know. It Isn't was, that super? I mean, it's a very cool city in so many ways and filled with culture and food and music and multiculturalism, too. Yeah, I mean, we have beautiful. so much African influence and, yeah. you know, the music from Africa that has blended with, you know, indigenous and Portuguese and then European traditions just... It makes the country be very rich yeah. culturally. And people are just very happy and open. They and are. I can, you know, I'm kind of joking when I say we because I'm kind of a fake Brazilian in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I was born and raised in Rio. Yeah. But my parents were born and raised in Egypt. Yeah. And they were French and Italian living in Egypt. So I was really raised French and Italian in Brazil. Went to French school. So I felt a little bit like you know, an immigrant in Brazil. And, that you, and then you there. came here to Miami for here. three months, and now you've stayed in the U.S. for 30 years. So right. you're, you're very American now. A very American. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my brothers joke around with me. They say, you're a gringa already. Forget <laughs> it. Because you know? I've lived in the U.S. longer than I've lived in Brazil. Right. So, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's interesting that way. But once you change cultures, there's something yeah. that happens. You kind of switching yeah. cultures again. Yeah is not such a big deal as it is. So let me ask you this, you know, since you've switched cultures. Right. So when they would say to me at this film festival in Brazil, okay, we'll be in the lobby for dinner at 8.30, uh -huh. and then you'd go <laughs> and you'd wait till 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock, they'd finally show up. Oh, and I'm my like, goodness. Okay, so the you next night they said be in the lobby at 8.30, and we, yeah. we showed up at 10 right when they did. So oh, my I, I caught on to your culture really quickly. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, did you take that with over. you? here or do you Americanize? No, it's being raised French. If I were five minutes <laughs> you late, were on I'd time. be in trouble. I'd be in trouble. I was always the one to be on time. You would have been in trouble if you were late today. Yeah, but that was also a way to know, you know, yeah. what kind of friends do you want to hang out with? Because, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, the culture is very flexible and time is fluid. Yeah. But waiting 10 minutes is okay 15 is okay an After hour and that, a half <laughs> no that's really wow yes yeah, so it happened to me once where yeah. somebody made me wait that long it yeah. was somebody I was dating which you can imagine <laughs> didn't go very well <laughs> that was over that, that night was, you know, well I wouldn't say quite there but it was bad it was bad that's all I can tell so you obviously adjusted to the US culture with no problem yeah yeah I mean I was always sort of um, even as a kid even though yeah. Brazilian music is amazingly happy and delicious or or I shouldn't say happy I mean it's got the whole gamut of yeah. rhythms and you know different styles and different styles of dance and I was really into British and American rock oh. so as a kid I was already learning English even though I wasn't in, in English classes through like Beatles Rolling Just Stones Beatles stuff like that. I yeah. mean I remember the police was in Brazil yeah. and I got into the police and then staying and then you know other groups like you know the cure you two I mean I grew up with these yeah. bands and yeah. so I was just, and, and Pink Floyd to me yeah. was like the ultimate like mind expansion experience. Yeah. And I remember reading those lyrics, like devouring lyrics, yeah. like, you know, and so absorbing, not just, and of course I'm blending 
the English culture and the British culture with American, which isn't right. really fair to either culture. But for me, it was like the Anglo-Saxon culture. It right. was very different from the Latin, right. Brazilian, you know, Portuguese influence. And you kind of wore it like a, sh like a, a comfortable shoe. I did because yeah. I, it felt like it resonated in so right. many ways. Yeah. The lyrics did. And of course, you know, I had the influence of like, you know, American movies and I started falling in love with movies and like just eating popcorn and drinking a soda and watching those spectacular films, whether yeah. they were nature films or whether they were just beautiful. You know, Odyssey and 2001, I remember being, I was still a teenager, I was struck by it. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, so just being immersed in movies. But I want to I talk about how you got into filmmaking. Right. And uh, I know you have this beautiful film out called Love Thy Nature. And I want to get to that and why you picked nature. And I, I know it stems from your childhood. Your right. mom was very artistic. And your yeah. dad was a techie. And kind of you married the two through camera, filmmaking, and art. Kind of a That's beautiful a mix of the it. two, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you had such an interesting childhood where your mom immersed you in nature and art. And you, yeah. you told me she would have you guys like paint to classical music. And right. she sounded really cool. You know? She is very yeah. cool. She really is. She would put us kids around, you know, me, my brother, um, my younger brother wasn't born at the time, but like cousins and friends. And she would just watch us and she would change the music, whether it's Beethoven or whether it's, it was Bach, she would just examine like what kind yeah. of colors would we pick yeah. according to what music was playing. That's so fascinating. I mean, this is even before there, yeah. there's been science since then that has yeah. proven that there is a connection wow. in terms of like we pick our colors and how colors have an influence on our well-being and also on how we pick up energy yeah. from colors and music. Yeah. But in any case, back then, nobody was studying that stuff, but yeah. she was very curious and she wanted to explore that. And, um, you know, with the connection with Love Thy Nature, mom, uh, I mean, both mom and dad, they, he loved, she loves nature. And yeah. so we would go I mean, you remember Rio is embedded in a forest. Yeah, and beautiful. So, and it's got all these amazing beaches, right? right? And you so have waterfalls like, and right. just all kinds of beautiful Rivers nature. And, yeah, I mean, and part of your film was shot there, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we did go to Brazil. I did go to Brazil quite a few times to shoot several scenes and pick up scenes were not so hard because back then I was going back and forth. Yeah, and and I want to talk about your earlier films too because mm -hmm. when we met, you had made a film called Inner Motion. That's right, right. Mm -hmm. and that was fascinating to mm -hmm. me because uh, that was about how dance can help heal. Uh, children of uh, incest and right. sexual abuse. Right, exactly. And it was a really uh, painful story, but that ultimately turns into triumph mm -hmm. because I was really drawn to how these people were able to take their childhood experiences that were very difficult. I mean, we're mm -hmm. talking about children who were abused by like their uncles or cousins and even in, in, in some cases, in two cases, their fathers or stepfathers. Uh, which to a child it doesn't really make a difference but uh but they actually they made it and they created this one woman uh sharon Dockerty. she created an organization that was all about helping people heal from this trauma through mm -hmm. dance wow and she found me i mean i was already doing documentaries yeah. in miami and two different people referred her to me and said you know there's this woman who does documentaries maybe you want to talk to her 
And we bonded, and I felt that her mission was really incredibly important. Her mission is to break secrecy mm -hmm. around childhood sexual abuse. Yeah. And it's kind of like what's going on in the world today with uh, yeah. the sexual uh, abuse and, and, and uh, whatnot, harassment right. in the workplace. It's also. All, all the time, these topics in every arena are under the carpet, hush, yeah. hush. But now, people are trying to lift that carpet up and talk about it. Cause exactly. It's like anything. When you shed light on it, you help it to go away, right? Exactly. And the whole yeah. thing around, especially when there's sex involved, whether it's uh, sexual harassment or childhood sexual abuse, I mean, especially with children, I mean, there's a profound sense of shame. And so they are raised to never, ever talk about it. Right. And so using dance and theater and eventually become making it a film gave folks an opportunity to actually have their stories be heard. And other people realized that, wow, if they can do this journey of healing, I can too for the folks who have had these kinds of experiences. What a wonderful inspiration. So it, was, it was really uh, extraordinary in terms of like, for me, when I'm filming something, I like to uh, get really close to <coughs> my subjects because ultimately, I mean, they're opening their hearts, they're opening their stories. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for people who allow themselves to be on camera, especially mm -hmm. when they're talking about something that is difficult, right? right? Yes. It's one thing when you're happy and you're, you know, having fun or entertainment. Yeah. It's another thing when you're actually shedding some of the darkest secrets of your life. Right. And so for me, it was a great opportunity to get close to these folks. You know, I feel honored that they trusted me enough to let me tell their story. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, ultimately for me, it was also a great way to start doing more long <coughs> feature length independent, sure, mm -hmm. film, film stories. Yeah. So, well, um, mm -hmm. so from there, <coughs> excuse me, I have a cold today. Yeah. Um, so from there, you uh, started working with HBO and Comedy Central and doing some television. So in right? truth, um, you know, it's kind of funny because people get surprised when I said I started my career working on projects for HBO. <laughs> I actually, HBO was like, um, we did, I helped to edit, um, you know, with this wonderful group. It was called Walker Fitz Fitzgibbon, um, Mo and Rob Walker, amazing people. and. Um, they gave me an opportunity to be an assistant editor for shows that were either music videos. So we worked with John Cicada and um, you know um, Gloria Stefan and Emilio Stefan, mm. and you know one of the first editing projects uh, that I worked on was a it's basically uh, like a multi-camera. At the time, high definition was just becoming starting to become more mainstream and uh, being able to edit a show that was for HBO of Gloria Stefan wow. uh, on tour. It was delightful imagery and I mean all the musical elements to it was just incredible. So I started doing that and I also edited a show for Comedy Central and eventually at the same time I was starting to do small documentaries, independent documentaries. And eventually, after I worked on Intermotion, I was hired to be the writer, director, line producer, editor, and shooter of this series that's called House of Babies. And it was all about the joy and drama of 
having babies naturally. Mm-hmm. It was about natural childbirth. Oh my! So that was also very cool because I, I remember got to, someone asking me in my twenties or something when I filmed their delivery, and I'm like, no. <laughs> so yeah. I can't imagine that yeah. must have been a, a challenging yeah. job. It's, it's very intense, and yeah. it's, it's also very beautiful. I think that you know the women and the people who have had the experience of you know, either delivering babies or having uh, closeness or having experienced somebody, witnessed somebody yeah. delivering a baby, it's incredibly powerful. It's yeah. like- Well, you're witnessing a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. It really is. It was incredible. And don't you think everything that you do in life uh, leads to what you're doing next? So yeah. that gave you all of that learning capabilities of editing and producing and totally. all of that to do your own big projects, right. which then led to- Love Thy Nature, which is something I know you've been working on for 10 years, and it's like you're really crowning glory. That's I mean, my baby. That's your baby. <laughs> that, that was my, my turn to give birth to yeah. you know, a project that was really in my heart from the time I was very, very young, and I think. And I know, yeah, because you grew up with all that nature and... yeah. I think you said going to the Atlantic Forest and yeah. you know being surrounded with all that with your mom, and then this film is so beautiful that you've done. It's like some of the best cinematography I've ever seen in a film. Thank it's you. really breathtaking. Thank you. I know you shot it in four different countries, right? That's right. So we shot in Brazil, mm-hmm. like we were mentioning before, and Namibia, which is northwest of South Africa mm-hmm. for the African mammals and. Wow. Uh, the African scenes. We have many scenes of Africa, actually. Okay, and we have a picture of you with the uh, um, ostrich. Uh, ostrich. That's yeah. right. Yeah, she yeah. was chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my goodness. I hope. I wish I were that lucky with humans. She <laughs> wouldn't let me go. But it was so funny. Woman um, marries ostrich. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, you could have made history there. <laughs> totally, right? Yeah. Me and my ostrich. Would have been good PR for your film. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come to America with me? <laughs> so, and then, you filmed, and in then I filmed in uh, British Virgin Islands uh-huh. as a third country, and oh, that's beautiful. where I did all of the cinematography, um, basically for like underwater stuff. And I'm a diver, too, and I love filming underwater. So that, to me, was like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm working here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And uh, and then in in the United States, it was from Hawaii to Alaska to New York City for Mm -hmm. all of the time lapse, busy city scenes, and Mm -hmm. uh, went to Florida and, of course, all over California from Los Angeles. Where can people see Love Thy Nature? It's on demand? So Love Thy Nature is available now a little bit everywhere, I say it. I mean, it's, it's, you can definitely get it through lovethynature.com, mm-hmm. which is on my, our website. And, um, you know, there are all the options there. And I know but I saw it at the theater. So you've had right, it in some theaters. Right. Festivals. We did. Yeah. We did fest- film festivals first, and then we did a, um, an outreach campaign, which led to the theatrical release. And since then, I mean, we've had nearly 300 screenings wow. in 140 cities and 16 countries. So but I so am humbled and honored that the film has been so incredibly well received. And award-winning. It is award-winning. We got 27 awards. 27, <laughs> so, but who's counting? <laughs> so we, we stopped counting at some point. But and uh, it's, <laughs> it's uh, narrated by Liam Neeson. Right. And I asked you that story because it's, yeah. I think as a filmmaker, it was, uh, you know, people are interested, how did you get Liam Neeson? And it was right. very, 
you know, you ha were bold enough to reach out to his agent. And, right. And when things are meant to be, they fall into place. So that's right. Yeah. It must have been near. Did you know nature was near and dear to his heart? Um, you know, I had a list of 12 celebrities, and uh, he was my top choice not necessarily because he's you know like a, a big environmentalist in the news or or anything like that it was mostly because i just think his essence is beautiful and mm -hmm. i felt intuitively it's one of those things you don't know for sure but intuitively i kept thinking he is the voice of sapiens you know the voice of homo sapiens mm -hmm. which is the main character of our film right the voice character of our of our film since it's really the story of our species mm -hmm. and he has that beautiful voice. I mean, besides the fact that it's gorgeous, it's also like that beautiful combination of gentleness mm -hmm. with strength. I love that right? you knew exactly the voice you wanted and yeah. you manifested it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm very the, grateful to him that he uh, said yes. I was because blown we're away. Uh, wrapping up, I want to give people a little synopsis of what the film is about. Sure. So basically, um, we have gone too far in terms of disconnecting from nature. And what the film does is that it takes people into this beautiful and intimate immersion of our relationship with the natural world. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it also points that renewing our connection with nature is critical, mm -hmm. both to our personal health, mm -hmm. but also to the health of our planet. Right. And so, you know, it is the story of our species um, in terms of our relationship with nature. Where do we come from and where are we at and where are we going in terms of this relationship? And, um, you know, the film really has an effect on people of inspiring them and uh, just moving them to realize how much they actually have an inner yearning that they don't even realize it until it's awakened in many cases. Yeah, the technology uh, so um, suffocates us in this world today right. that to reconnect with nature and even put your feet back into the grass yeah. uh, is so grounding and, and, and life-changing to people yeah. uh, when they get reconnected back to nature. And I think it's a beautiful message of your film. Yes. I think it's and, critical, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we don't have the time, but it, the biomimicry I know is important to you about yeah. how there are things in nature that we can be using to help heal the planet right. and, and, and find cures for, for things. So, exactly. But it's a beautiful film, and I want people to uh, visit lovethynature.com yeah. and check out this film. And thank you for making such a beautiful film, such My dedication. Pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. I, I hope that... Uh, people get inspired by it, continue to get inspired by it, and have an opportunity to allow themselves to really, you know, experience that connection. I usually say to people, make time on a daily basis, even if it's like opening a window in the morning and taking a nice breath of fresh air or going on a walk for 15 minutes. I Those love are critical that. things that uh, can help us. We're going to end on that note as far as uh, taking a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much for being on, Sylvie. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Catherine. You bet. And yeah. we'll be right back with Senyon Kelly. She'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Love, Thrive show, where we bring you powerful and positive programming about women and those who support women's empowerment. It seems by sharing their stories and showing us their talent and potential, 
they remind us of our own. We ask you to join us weekly by taking a minute to subscribe to our 360 Karma YouTube channel so you get to see every episode of these uplifting and inspiring stories. We all need more of this, yes? And did you know we have the Live Love Thrive book on our 360 Karma website and on Amazon? If you enjoy reading books of incredible women who are doing amazing work in the world, you will want to pick up a copy. Also, when you join 360karma.com, you will enjoy our growing video content of expert advice and support and learn about our workshops and our second annual women's conference in West Hollywood, November 3rd and 4th of this year. If you would like to align with a like-minded, purpose-driven community, you will feel at home at 360karma.com. We encourage and support you to live the life you love. RTB Financial Group empowers women to raise the bar and take control of their financial future. For more information, visit rtbfinancialgroup.com or call Amanda Barr at 424-284-4216. The Live Love Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. And we are back with Senyan Kelly. Hi, Senyan. How Hi. are you? How are you doing, Catherine? Thank you for having me. Oh, you bet. I'm excited to have you on today. We've just recently met, and uh, I'm just so impressed with all the various things that you're doing. Yes. You truly are a serial entrepreneur. That's right. And we're going to talk about all the fascinating things okay. that you're doing. But first, I want to talk a little bit about... Uh, where you're from? I know you were born here in California. Yes. Yeah. I was born in Los Angeles and raised in Gardena, California, which is about maybe six miles uh, south of Los Angeles. Okay. Well, um, and and your dad was in construction. Yes, my father was mom? in construction, and my mom was in uh, banking? banking and bookkeeping yeah. and things like that. Yes. So it's great you got uh, such a nice combination of the two, didn't you? Yes, like I did. Your artistic side, and then your very business savvy side, which is invaluable. Yes, yes. And my uh, father was an actually he was actually a um, a musician. So, oh. yeah, my mom had a love for uh, for film. So between my dad being a musician and my mother having a love for film, that's how I really developed the bug for wanting to be in the the music and film industry. Oh, yeah. And what you do in the music and film industry is very interesting and we're going to get to that. Okay. Um, so what were they like growing up with? What was your dad like? You know, my dad was very, um, very outgoing, very f uh, forward thinking. I mean, yeah. I would, I would. Uh, visionary. Were, yeah, he was a visionary and really into critical thinking. And mm -hmm. a lot of that was passed on to me. Um, there will be times that we would be sitting together and he'd think about, uh, you know, what if, what if they did this or what if they did that as far as an invention and maybe mm -hmm. like five years later it would happen. So yeah. his thought process was very um, forward thinking, which actually, you know, yeah. helped me to grow that. as a person too. Yeah. Uh, very instilled in morals and values, treating everybody with respect no matter where they were from or, you know, what their background was. Right. Um, always making sure that you did that. So my family had the house. It was the type of house where everybody would come to when their parents gave them a hard time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so that's my so parents cool. were the they were like the parents, everyone's parents in the community. And even to this day, people say, you know, Mr. Mr. Kelly Mr. and Mrs. Kelly were like the best parents that I had outside of my parents. So you were really lucky. Yes, I was very lucky. Yeah. Very fortunate. Now your parents were together since they were eleven years so old. Eleven years old, yes. Yeah. That's really young. Yep. And they married in their early twenties and had me and uh 
you know, just built a, a solid foundation for me as, as a, a young adult. And but now, uh, unfortunately, your dad passed when you were uh, when he was only thirty nine. Well, actually, my mom or, passed away. Oh, it was my your mom? mom? My mom passed away when I was fifteen years old. I was in high oh, school. Oh my gosh, it was your mom. It was wow. my mother. She had cancer, wow. and uh, you know. But the one thing I was just talking with uh, someone outside earlier today was, even though she was going through so much she was still handling her business no matter yeah. what it was like we were going to the bank and making sure that I had money for you know my college fund and it's just like this lady you know she I'm watching her die before my eyes and unbelievable she you know was my still mom making was sure she took way. care of business she was that's that was my family that mom. was my mom she had uh, yeah. can cancer as well mm -hmm. and uh, I remember she, my, she was in the hospital and my dad's like Oh, I'll do the checkbook. And she's like, no, yeah. bring it here to the hospital. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they like, you know, when they've got that in their veins, they're like, they're, that's who they are right. till the day they exactly. go, which exactly. is cool, yeah. right? Yeah. So you got your business sense from your mom? Yes, from my mother. And, and then uh, my dad was, he was in construction. Actually, my family is in construction. Um, my father passed away um, in 2006. Okay. And, um, you know, up until he died, he was in construction. But, you know, that's what. You know, my Meaning he was a, a builder. Yeah, he was a builder, yeah. and it was, it was interesting to be, you know, to go around Los Angeles and see different things that he built, oh, or that you know, cool. different different structures that my uncle built. My mom's brother Edward Boykin's Boykin Construction. My cousin Mia Boykin is actually running that right now. Very successful business. So. And didn't you mention that they uh, helped build the Universal City Walk? Yeah, Universal City Walk, the which first is stage an of that. iconic place yeah, here. Yeah, first stage of Universal City Walk. Wow. Um, also the uh, Hollywood Highland center part of that yeah. and also the Larry Flint um, oh my gosh the Larry yeah. Flint, Flint building yeah oh my gosh wow yeah that is cool mm -hmm. yeah that is one interesting thing about my dad was a builder and okay. it's always interesting to because it's such a legacy they leave behind right yeah yeah that's cool and um, uh, your mom and your dad uh, so your your dad never remarried but you did have a brother right that is correct she never he never remarried but he mm -hmm. did have uh, um, a, a son with uh, a girlfriend right and um, it was interesting because for the first two years of his life we were in his life and then you know his mom moved away and there was differences and everything and so for 21 years I looked for him for your brother yes I searched out for him and returned letters and knocking on doors it's like you know he doesn't live here anymore it's like okay mm -hmm. and I never gave up and uh, found him in 2006 about three months after our father passed away wow. so it's like re-meeting someone and, and to actually look at someone who looks you know like me or yeah. looks like my father our so father. now you have that brother in your life yes I do oh, and his great. fiance Ebony and uh, I have a, a niece Jordan wonderful yeah she's beautiful that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So uh, now you are a serial entrepreneur if I ever met one. I love that from the day I met you. I was like, wow, you're doing so many fascinating things. So let's talk about each one. Okay. First of all, you have a company that does film and music memorabilia. Yes, I do. Which is interesting. I yes. think we have a picture of you with the uh, Motownopoly. Yeah. Is that one of yeah. the pieces? <laughs> yeah. And I've never even heard of that. Yeah, How it's cool. hard to find. Yeah. yeah it is. And what made you get interested in that? I know you've collected things from like 1910 and forward. Right. And uh, have given um, information and materials to different um, film projects and right. TV projects, yes. right? That's correct. What are some of those TV and film projects? Like the, 
the NBC Roots okay, documentary. So, yeah, so uh, basically, to, to back up, I started collecting when I was six years old. When you were six years I old? I was six years old. I started collecting albums. My dad bought me my first, you know, my first album collection when I was mm -hmm. nine. He started me out. I didn't listen to... I didn't listen to albums that most kids would listen to. I had like Marvin Gaye, Parliament, yeah. things like that. Yeah. But um, how I got into that business is because not only my love for the film and music, but I would actually have film that people couldn't find it, like Blockbuster or Tower, and they would ask to borrow my films. Oh my god! You know, at the time VHS. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I was like, well, maybe there's a need for this. So then I started like doing parties, and then from there, then came the inter entertainment memorabilia and collectibles. So eventually I ended up owning the posters and you know lobby cards and things like that for the movies. Mm -hmm. So my first, uh, the first time I ever went, you know, actually had a TV program that I worked on was Roots Celebrating 25 Years. Mm -hmm. And that was in 2002, it aired on NBC. And a friend of mine who worked with me at the time was like, you know, I know someone who is um, getting ready to do this documentary for NBC and I think you would be great for it. So. Uh, you know, I remember being in the elevator with all my roots memorabilia and thinking to myself, I'm going to get this job. They just need to tell me when to start. Yeah. And so sure enough, I got the job. And from there, people would call me up to to get information for them to research for, you know, different movies or films and need right. to have something to reference, point of reference. And so more recently, I worked on as a researcher archivist on um, Jules Catch Run documentary. I love and, that film, yeah, by the way, and, uh, that C. Fitz Love C. Fitz. Yeah, C. Fitz yeah. is the best. And uh, Joel uh, Thais Williams love is amazing. Joel. Oh, my God, and what amazing story. So, yeah, so I had an opportunity to work with them and, uh, you know, pulling all the um, the old pictures and things like that from the 70s and 80s. And, yeah. You know, and so uh, the next step will be working with um, the Universal Hip Hop Museum that's coming up. And uh, in New York, it's going to be built in the Bronx in 2024. So wow. I'm talking with them about using some of my collectibles that I have for their, you know, Very for cool. their. So that's stuff, one so. business. Okay. Yeah, right. Then when I first met you, you were telling me about you have the licensing <clears throat> to Jimi Hendrix art. Yes, I do. For I, home goods and now also for clothing. Yes, I do. Which is so exciting. Yes, actually, yes. My uh, friend of mine, uh, Sisto Cecilia, introduced me to a guy by the name of Tom Ford who owns 47 of Jimi Hendrix's original art pieces that he drew himself, mostly yeah. watercolors. And a lot of people didn't even know Jimi Hendrix was an artist. Right, they did not. Yeah. And um, so um, what happened was that um, they were in the process of deciding who they were going to work with for a couple of different projects. And so um, I encouraged I encouraged CISTO to say, hey, look, you know what, I'll go in and help um, broker this deal for you to be able to get the licensing. And as a result of that, he brought me on board. And then I brought my business partner, Alan Savori, um, the editor-in-chief and founder of Sovo Magazine on because of his network in music and film, too. Which is another uh, entire project yeah. you're working on, which is yes. the launch of a new magazine yes, called that's correct. Sovo, Sovo with your partner, Alan. Yes. And um, we, we need to talk about that. I know it's like this really unique magazine. Not, right. There's never been one like it before. It's coming in like a plexiglass delivery. It's $150. It's a collectible. Mm -hmm. uh, that you've have numbered, so I think there's only 500 of there's them. There's only 500. And when you unravel it and put it up, it's like a piece of art. So I, I can't even fathom with. I've already ordered mine, right? But I can't <laughs> even fathom what this is going to look yeah, like. Yeah, it's so. amazing. I mean, Alan is is a pleasure to work with, and our creative director Farida Amar is amazing. I mean, it's she came on board and really brought the magazine to life. So I have to give her.
her props for that. So it has different things you guys are featuring in it from music to tech, right? Yeah, music, tech, Help. medicine. Um, we're talking about revolution. Mm -hmm. um, there's nine different segments of the magazine. So basically with Sovo, what it is is that um, we're, really, we're really grounded in the idea of people being able to curate their own life, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, as Alan would say, it's like everyone's always looking on the outside for answers. You know, they're looking to social media, the news for answers, when a mm -hmm. lot of the times the answers are really within ourselves. Oh, yeah. And so we really <coughs> develop a platform for people to be able to, you know, see the different things that are going on that, that from a different point of view. And, you know, we feature people who are up and coming and people who are already established, uh, mm -hmm. musicians and different artists, and just basically bringing that to life. Um, the magazine's based out of South Central Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and um, but we and are some of the you know, music really people time. involved. You mentioned to me are like Carlos Santana and yeah, they have we have Eric support Clapton of Carlos and, and, yeah. and some different people. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty cool. So we're looking forward to it. It comes out February 2018. That's our first issue. I'm excited. And we have several parties and different events that are going to be centered around that until we actually get to that launch. So if you go on the website, check it out. And, and that's uh, sovomagazine.com. Sovomagazine. S-O-V-O magazine.com. Yes. Yeah, people need to check that yeah. out and see what that's all about. Yeah. The mystery magazine. <laughs> yeah. It's art. It's art in the box. Yeah. Really. And it's like it's going to always be changing. It's never going to look the same. Mm -hmm. It's never going to have the same format. And again, it's a collectible. So, you know, people are really looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know you're coming out. Uh, we're both coming out in uh, Angelino Magazine yes. in December. Yes. Uh, and, yes. and you're featured as one of the dynamic women. Yes. And I was reading a little bit about that. Um, some of the things in it were fascinating, like what's on your bucket list. Yeah, and what's on the bucket we'll list. We'll share it a little ahead of time. Um, <clears throat> I love what's on your bucket list. So you want to start a nonprofit that helps youth entrepreneurship yes I love that yes I think that is important because I mean you've got you know young kids that don't know how to balance checkbooks they don't know what it's like to save they don't really teach you that know, in they school. don't know stocks and bonds annuities things they'll, like that they'll yeah. teach uh, history science things like mm -hmm. that but they don't teach the uh, nitty-gritty uh, tools that people need for like finance financial decisions that's you true know. yeah it's interesting yeah. isn't it yeah. so I think that's really cool that you want to yeah, do that you. I know you're all about supporting other entrepreneurs. Yes. I know it's one of the reasons you're featured on our She Tank panel. <laughs> yes, I'm which, looking forward to that. Yeah, next, our, next Friday. Yeah, yeah, our event's coming up yeah. November 3rd, and you're one of the uh, panelists on our investor panel yes. that will be listening to the pitches of female entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and uh, getting behind them with funding and mentorship. And uh, I know I've already introduced you to a couple people that yes. are trying to get their business started. And mm -hmm. your one of your uh, strongest points is that you're really good at helping them put together business plans, yes. which that's an invaluable gift. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's something necessary to every business in order to be successful, right. but it's a uh, something that rarely do people know. I know mm -hmm. you said your grandmother really impacted you uh, in telling you about how important it was, that business aspect, right. learning Res that business, business aspect. Yes, and that was my, my mom's mom. Was yeah. very insistent on very like, forward any, thinking for her time. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I always remember that in the back of my head. Yeah. Some of the times I'm in a situation, it's like, okay, what would my grandmother do here, or what would my mom or dad do here, because yeah. they're no longer here. But yeah. I still carry them in spirit and uh, absolutely making my decision in and business. Yeah. I'm a big believer what you said earlier. Uh, listening to your insides, I say yeah. your insides never steer you wrong. Right. 
that's really true. a good guidepost. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing on your bucket list: hang gliding. Yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to want to uh, do parachuting, but then I, after 50, I kind of got over that. I'm right. Like, no, I've seen people break bones. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to give it a shot at least once. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. You're fearless. I like yeah. that. Uh, and you want to hang glide where? Here or somewhere? You uh, know, someplace. Well, like maybe like Switzerland another, or something. Like, I don't know, like overseas or something. Yeah, yeah. Something different. I mean, you might as well be two in one. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I see that you want to invent something, get a patent. Yes. Do you have any idea what that might be, or just you know? Um, right now, no, because I'm so focused on the projects I'm working on, but, you know, there are a couple of things that have actually come out that, I mean, many, many years ago I was thinking about, for example, Netflix. Yeah. I thought about that when I was like 15 because yeah. of, of having the, right when the VHS had started coming, right. I was just like, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Like if you could, if you can order a movie and just put it in the mail yeah. you know, and then send it to you and then you send it back and then, yeah. and then there you go. You know, so it's like some of the things that I think about are already have, have already happened. So that just tells me that my brain is processing and critically thinking of ways right. to to evolve and and make something that other people would enjoy yeah i've always been the same way i always like kind of uh thinking of something but usually it's a little ahead of its time yeah. like when i uh did i can't marry you about gay marriage <laughs> back in 2002 people were like are you crazy that's yeah. never gonna happen and then here we are yeah. you know so yeah. it wasn't that crazy right. um let's see what else was on that bucket list uh trying to think uh, oh is be, uh, to be able to actually have um some of the collectibles and memorabilia i have in the national african American oh, right, museum right yes so and you wanted I to plan start on, a museum right well, yeah that will start one of my own yeah. yeah but i figured it would be if i could um you know as my my friend uh, my friends know that i use the word leverage is like to be able to leverage the museum and kind of get out there and let them know what i have because some people don't know what i have you yeah know? i mean it's really kind of a a close-knit group of people that know right. what I do so yeah. just kind of get out there and get my feet wet but ultimately well, I would like to have a museum to put my things in because it's quite a bit I mean collecting for so many years I've got like you know Josephine Baker programs from the 20s I've got wow. uh, original Jimi Hendrix posters m m music posters and um, uh, the old lunch boxes from the 70s and a lot of really rare games like I have a Jackson 5 board game that not very many people have. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I've got some pretty cool stuff. And where do yeah. you find this stuff? Is this like you know, garage actually, sales? Really, but you know, garage sales, sales yeah. um, people give me things. People uh, tell me about, you know, my grandmother's cleaning out her garage. Why don't you come take a look at it? You know? Yeah. Um, and there have been times I've seen things and it's like, mm, you know what, you might want to see how much it's worth first before you just give it away. And they've been, people have been very grateful because it's like, oh my gosh, that's stuff that you, I you know, wanted you to come look at it's worth like five thousand dollars. I had no idea. Oh my god, that's you so know, cool so, of you. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I love about you. You just you just beam with integrity and wanting to help other people. I, I love I, that. I, I love I, helping people. Yeah, I I read your uh you know, synopsis for the magazine and it was about if I can just help somebody every day it makes the day worthwhile. Yes. And you know, I, I think we are very aligned like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it is all about helping people yes you know I always say that when people go to networking things you know mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't understand why they go in with what's in it for me when the real right. joy is uh, what can I do to help other yes. people yes and it's so easy to you know connect people or 
you know, put them together with things that they need yes. or want, and they get such joy out of it, and then you get such joy out of them yeah. getting joy out of it, right? Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Yeah. So I like that you want to help other entrepreneurs. I think that's very cool. Thank you. So uh, you're going to be on Sheet Tank next week. Yes. And, uh, we have some really innovative ideas that are being pitched. I'm so excited okay. about it. I look it. forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it do you think that you would like to do uh, next? Because, like, you're so busy in all these different ventures. Is there something on the horizon that's, you know, kind of another dream of yours? Uh, right now, I there is a project that I put on for a little while it's called praline dianti and mm -hmm. it's a gourmet praline candy that um, was produced by my friend and business partner Daryl and um, it's it's an amazing piece of candy I mean yeah. it's one of those things where it's just like the timing wasn't right but at the time um, the Bellagio the Omni Hotel and Disney wanted to carry the, the candy but it's just a matter of getting the equipment to be able to produce as many as we need it so right, right. that's something that is on the horizon as far as like business yeah that's a whole other genre that's to a whole learn, other isn't genre it? it's manufacturing yeah, yeah it's probably it's best huge. to team up with someone who has that expertise right yeah. right but it's, it's it's really really good i'm hoping to be able to bring some to next friday oh i love it try, yeah. i love that that sounds exciting yep. i knew you had something in your back <laughs> pocket um so uh I know your parents actually moved you to the West Coast from, Al for, I mean, they moved here from Alabama. They did. And back in the 60s, Alabama, that had to have been really challenging to mm -hmm. live there. Yes? Yeah. Yes. So thank goodness they moved out here to L.A. and you were born here, yes. right? Yes. It was, yeah. it was a transition. Do they ever share stories with you of what it was like growing up in 1960s Alabama? Uh, you know, yeah, actually, there was a lot of sharing. Um, you know, my dad would talk about like the the whites only, yeah, um, water tanks and things like you know water fountains and things like that. And he would yeah. he would tell me that he was sneaking drink from it, and, and my grandmother would like, you better stop that, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And um, and then my mom would tell me stories about the, different it, things it, too. It's so, it's so unfathomable, yeah, isn't it? It was. I mean, I grew up in uh, D.C where they had that black mm -hmm. and white water fountains like you're talking about. And I don't really remember it because I was so young, but I see the pictures, mm -hmm. uh, even just like in that most recent film, um, uh, what's the film about the NASA women? Uh, and it was shot in DC. Hidden figures. Hidden figures, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I would imagine that young people must look at that and just disbelief. Right, and it I wasn't mean, that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. In fact, in my lifetime, I remember when they started integrating the schools and what mm -hmm. a big uproar that was. Yeah. And I think I was in middle school then. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, it's hard to believe that's in our lifetime. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard to believe a lot of things that are yeah, going on today. Oh. Yeah, right so I can now. think of a whole bunch of things. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a shame we kind of seem to be stepping backwards. But I guess it's always one step back two steps forward so right. I think we're right now in that one step back unfortunately but mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping that that means two steps forward right and, and, and yeah. I'm hoping that too and that's that's another that's one of the reasons why it's so important um, that out for Alan Savori to have produced uh, solo magazine is because there's so many things that are going on it's just like when you when you read the magazine 
and you read the articles, they're just, I, I mean, I can't even think of a word to describe it. It really does. Really profound. Help you. Yeah, it really helps you, like, kind of get away from everything that's going on around you, you know, I mean, but in a positive way. Right. You know, it's like we got to bring back, you know, get back into ourselves and not be so caught up in what's going on because I it's going to happen. Right. It, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but the only thing that you really can control is how you, you know, react to something. I am and such how a big you talk to someone, you know. Yeah. You can so. only have a, any say-so over your own actions. That's it. Right. That's it. You know, I'm a big believer in that. I know people that consume that uh, news every day, and I mm -hmm. find that that is so debilitating. Uh, yes, I think we should be aware, but there's a difference between being aware and being all consumed right. by it. Exactly. And I think it, um, we have to expend our energy on doing good things. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's it's the Live, Love, Fly pat platform and yes. telling positive stories of women that are doing amazing work in the world mm -hmm. and creating a conference and workshop that provide the resources and tools for women that are wanting mm -hmm. to step up their game and live their highest self and yes. leave their legacy right. and, and give their gifts to the world. And so I'm so happy to have you a part of uh, the She Tank experience. You know, women only get about 5% of traditional funding wow. for their businesses, mm -hmm. which means 95% goes to men. So the only way we're ever going to break that, I believe, is mm -hmm. things like She Tank, right. where women are investing, successful women are investing in up-and-coming rising women yes. to help them succeed too. Mm -hmm. It's going to be us taking our, things into our own hands to fix it. Right. So I think, you know, we're on the road. Yes. I think, you know, there's a fire lit under women today, mm -hmm. and uh, we're starting to learn that we do have to help each other. Right. There is such an old boys network where they do help each other. Mm -hmm. And I always say no one wants to belong to the old girls network, <laughs> but we can call it the bold girls yes, network. Yes, I like that. And that's us helping each other that's out. That's right. And uh, I think you and I are all about that. Yes. You know, I know. I live uh, for it. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. All the projects you're working on, I'm behind you, and vice I versa, you. and so we we kind of get that, yeah. and we've got to spread that way of thinking to women around the country and around the world mm -hmm. that we women should be helping women, yes. and we are so much stronger that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Cha change is coming. Yeah, <laughs> change is coming. It is. So. Uh, Thank you so much for being on today. I love all the cool things you're doing, and I especially love that you're helping other entrepreneurs make their dreams come true. And Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful gift that you have to be able to do that, to help yeah. others. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for being on the thank show, you. and thank you all for tuning in. We'll be here next week with other extraordinary women. Make it a great day. Hugs and happiness. Mm -hmm.